myself. So it's very interesting. There's two parts. One is working, getting in touch with your inner world, understanding who you are and what's going on, having clarity. And meditation can be very good for that. <coughs> but in the Jewish world, so just talk a little bit about Jewish versus non-Jewish meditation. Um, the the I actually did a, a 10-day meditation retreat called Vipassana um, where there was no talking for 10 days. Can you imagine me? No, not, no talking. No, no eye contact, no music, no okay? writing, no reading. No, It's like 10 days of Shabbat in a row, but no talking on top of that. Are you okay now? I don't know. Was that, <laughs> was that like um, a good... A more Jewish thing? Or no, no, no. That's a non- they say it's non-denominational. It's all around the world. Um, I don't really recommend it. I wouldn't do it now. But um, it was it was a very fascinating experiment because um, you basically just focused on the sensations, observing the sensations in your body. <coughs> and um, hmm? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you so much, Jen. Um, observing the sensations in your body um, and uh, not reacting to them. So having equanimity, right? Not, not reacting, like trying to feel good and not trying to be a, aversive to pain, right? So they say that the, all of suffering in, in life is because you crave, crave pleasure and you want to avoid pain. And if you can actually just sit and observe both and not need to react and be in a re- reactive mode, then you can be kind of free, which there's some truth to that. It's not the whole picture again. It's Chachma, but not, not Emmet. Um, it's, it is some truth to that and it was a very powerful tool to learn how to what they call I call witness consciousness being able to witness yourself without reacting is a very good tool like you imagine in, in anything end up being a very good preparation for prayer which is where we know meditation came from they, they, a lot of Hasidic people used to meditate for an hour before they would pray right and often an hour afterwards so it became a good meditation as far as the Jewish perspective became a good preparation for prayer um, the different, main difference with Jewish and non-Jewish meditation is that non-Jewish is about transcending up away from the physical. The Jewish focus of, of uh, I guess, pathway of spirituality in general, thank you so much. <clears throat> how, how many teas can a tea bag go through, right? <laughs> I give you a new one. Oh, there's a new one. Oh, I was about to say, I, I was doing well already. Um, thank is that you. fine, that Yeah, tea? it's great. Okay. Um, I should say, let me back up. Non-Jewish paths of spirituality are usually around moving away from the physical realm and transcending, whether it's away from food and sex and whatever it is, right? Abstaining from the physical, reaching up into the spiritual. The Jewish way, though, is the reverse. We engage the physical and elevate it into the spiritual, right? That's all the mitzvahs are about engaging and living in, in this world and in elevating this world. And I remember I was once driving in a car with a Rinpoche. A Rinpoche is like a, like a monk. Sweet, sweet man. And we, we ran over a, an animal. We're in the country in Australia. It was not a kangaroo, but it might have been like, it might have been an echidna. <coughs> I don't know what it was. What is that? It's like a porcupine, but it's Australian native. But your brother gives the whole thing. Yeah, my brother will give you the whole thing. Um, and we, ra- we ran over some, uh, an animal by accident in the car. And I remember just like going, oh my gosh, like, you know. And he didn't move. And he was equanimous. And he says, ah, in comes life, out goes life. But with a real steady, you know, this was a master. But that, that to have that level of equanimity was a real accomplishment. And I remember being very inspired and like, whoa, and awe about it. But I remember feeling that doesn't feel right to me. For me inside, that didn't feel like somehow the right thing for me to be pursuing that pathway when I saw that. It was very interesting. I didn't know why and I didn't have any language about it. I just like was like, oh, well, like it wasn't, didn't mean anything. I just remember thinking, uh, no, it doesn't feel right. Years later, that came to mind 
about the idea that it was he was moving away from the physical realm to be equanimous, right? And and that my role in life I was the only Jew on the whole the whole place there. Interestingly, because usually they're filled with Jews. Australia doesn't have so many Jews, just kangaroos. <laughs> was um, that we're meant to engage the physical world and elevate? Doesn't mean we don't have we don't. Doesn't mean we need to be reactive, but it's a different. It's coming from a different place. Um, so uh, the whole idea is to integrate this consciousness into your body, pushing it into your body, so you don't react in the same way. That's all the Midos work that we know about. Um, but as far as meditation, the word kavana or kivun. Anyone know what kivun means? Direction. Yeah, direction or to aim. Right, kivun means to aim. Did, did you say that? Who said that? You said. Um, so when we talk about having a kavana, certain kavana for things we're doing, having it means a certain intention. Really, if you look at the definition of meditation, it's consciousness directed by your will, right? What all meditation is a certain level of your mindfulness, consciousness directed by wherever you want it to go, your will. Yeah. So interestingly, your kavana through a mitzvah is about you're putting your consciousness through the idea of this channel called the mitzvah in the world to also elevate it to spirituality. It turns out Judaism itself could be a, uh, an active and walking meditation through your life if you have that kavana channeling through all the mitzvahs. So that's number one as far as actively living your Judaism. But there's obviously an inner experience of meditation that we can work on as well and do. Interesting, he said how wholeness is the deeper understanding that the entire universe is one activity and comes from a unified field which you can call consciousness, spirit or God. So we say a prayer every single day, up two to three times a day, to remind us of that reality, which is what? Shema. Hmm? Shema. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad is that everything is whole and one and comes from a divine source, right? So we have this in, embedded into our prayer service and even in not, if you're not in a service but you're at home, before bed, when, once in the morning, before bed at least, <coughs> to remind ourselves that that's really the reality of the world. So I thought that was very interesting. Okay, a bit about a bit about more about meditation. Um, we don't have a pen, do we? A marker? No, like a big marker because I, I always forget to get it. Forget it. I'm not going to bother with it right now. Like dry erase marker. Yeah, dry, not a dry erase, but just a. Okay, so from now on, you need to bring a. a marker they should be here. I have a regular pen. I don't want to. pens up there if you want. Not really, unless I unless I draw it on the back of this. Yeah, I'll, can I have a regular pen? Regular. Uh-huh. Oh, you have a whole oh, look at that. Thanks so much. Mary, did you put those down? I didn't. God. Okay, I'll show you. Wait, I don't think it's the one. It doesn't work. I chose the one that doesn't work. Oh, wait. you have two more. No, wait one sec. I got it. Okay. <clears throat> um, again, this is psychobabble stuff. Right? <clears throat> In our mind, we have three different kind of zones <clears throat> there's the conscious mind which is the part that we're aware of at any given time which is very little ironically very little that we're aware of right so it's the tip of the iceberg then there's a whole deeper part where it's subconscious that you're not aware of yeah <clears throat> this is everything you've ever experienced in your life is stored in the subconscious feelings experiences music like smells right I, I, I think I, I don't know if I told the story here but when I was when I was little on on Sunday, I'd watch, say watching uh, video hits or MTV with my brother, and we get chocolate croissants from the bakery, like delicious hot, hot piping chocolate croissants. 
And it was at a time where Red Hot Chili Peppers were always in the top ten. And it was Under the Bridge or something, right? I don't know, some old song. Under the Bridge is correct. Right? Yeah? Yeah, very good. You know what that is? Of course. Oh That's God. the best song ever. It's yeah. around still? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Of course. That's so amazing because it was when I was young, which is old. It's the same car. Yeah, anyway, right. Right? So, I, anyway, that, that was a childhood memory. And one day I walked into a store and it, the song was on under the bridge and all of a sudden I smelled chocolate croissants. Like I literally smelled it. Like it was in my subconscious and it bubbled up to the surface, to my conscious mind. <coughs> so things, things are all stored there. And the unconscious is obviously a different zone when you're unconscious. It's not, it, yeah, it's a different, uh, it, it's more like closer to death or coma, right? Um, but basically... What happens is, is the more you have stuff shoved in the subconscious mind, the more energy it takes to keep it suppressed or repressed, right? The more you become aware of things and it bubbles up to the surface and you become aware of it, the more this, this line will then move down here. So then more of your mind will be conscious. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you start clearing out your subconscious mind. On the day three of a Vipassana, this 10-day this thing I did, I was having so many, so many memories flying up it was like invasive nearly. Like it was absolutely overwhelming. I thought I was going crazy at some point. They said, oh, everyone feels that way day three. Um, <coughs> and my, my subconscious was doing a, basically a vomit, you know, vomiting all this stuff up because I'd stopped long enough and deep enough to allow it to come up, right? Usually we're so busy we don't allow it subconsciously. We keep, it a, we keep a lid on things. It takes a lot of energy. So um, the goal of meditation is to gain control of your subconscious and to be able to focus where you want it to focus. You'll notice that when you want to focus on something, part of you can focus and part of your mind absolutely will not go along with it and not let you focus. Have you noticed, have you noticed this? You could be wanting to study, read a book, anything, right? Netflix maybe is a different story, right? Or Hulu, whatever. But, but other than that, you have part of your mind that wants to focus and another part that's like a wild animal, right? That's like jumping around all over the place. So the whole idea of meditation really is to bring your whole mind together to be able to focus on a certain point and keep that focus. When you're able to do that and you're completely able to be focused, we call that a certain level of manucha sanefesh, tranquility of the soul. There's this famous story, I think it's Rav Eliashev, who's a big guttle, who um, people would file into his room and ask him questions. And um, <laughs> he would answer questions. And then at some time, time his gabai came to the person who organizes him comes along and says, okay, everyone out now. It's time for the rabbi to learn. So at one point, everyone filed out, and there was one person left in the back, and they didn't notice that he was left in the back, and he was hiding out. And so everyone left the room, and this, this person was left in the back with this famous rabbi, and he was just opened a book, and he started learning, this, this famous rabbi. And he's like looking around. No one's there. He's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that I have this access to this rabbi by myself. He goes up to the rabbi saying, excuse me, excuse me, Rav, and the rabbi's just, 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 re- just reading, like ignoring him. And he says it louder and louder until the point where he's just literally clearly ignoring him. And he's like, this is just so rude. Like, I don't, you know. Anyway, at some point, the gabbai comes back in and sees him standing there. And he says, oh, he won't hear you. He says, what do you mean? He says, he's so absorbed in what he's doing in his Gomorrah. He won't even, he won't even. He, his mind was so in the zone, he was able to block out everything else. He just didn't even hear him. So like that's manuka, that's an extreme level of greatness of manuchas and nefesh, right? That level of focus, and being able to put your mind to something and being completely present with whatever you're doing, right? Without being a, a, a irritated, distracted, pulled out, being able to have a focused and clear mind. That's the goal of meditation. And as you could see, you could imagine, if you could do that, how amazing your prayer would be. 
if you were able to walk into a Shemone Esrei or whatever prayer, even if you're doing your own informal prayer, but focus completely on God when you're focused on God, the level of connection you feel is much stronger. And the level you actually connect is much stronger because you're bringing all of you to the connection. Yes? Just like your connection with the person would be stronger if you were fully present versus if you're distracted on your phone the whole time. Or if you're distracted on your phone, you sort of remember the conversation, but not quite. Because you're half there and half not. So your connection's not as strong. It's, it hurts you. Same with prayer of God, right? <coughs> okay. The other, other benefits, obviously, at a physical level is it, it gets you down to um, the delta brainwave level. Is the, the delta level is the level we achieve in the deepest sleep. It takes about three to four hours to get there, and then we come out, right? In meditation, if you actually learn how to center yourself and calm into that place, you can drop into delta brainwave level within three to five minutes and rejuvenate yourself the same level as a deep sleep. If you can do like a 15-minute, like power, they say power nap, that's a real power nap, right? If you're able to do that. <coughs> okay. Um, how long does that take to get there? Three to four minutes. No, no. Um, how much do you need to practice to be able to do that in three to four minutes? It depends on the individual, how, how able you are to sit with yourself and center. But I, I meditated every day, 10, 20 minutes to 30 minutes a day, sometimes up to an hour every day for like seven years. Wow. <coughs> and um, I found that after a few months of practicing, you could get into a pretty deep zone. Oh. Not like a New Yorker that's like going crazy, like, happening, like that type of extreme person to get them to, to meditate. Like that's, I feel like that's a different personality to get to calm down for just a couple minutes a day. A couple minutes is good. Five minutes is good. Anything, any is any is better than nothing. Right? Okay. Um, you start slow. We start at five minutes, seven minutes. Two. We'll, we'll do some now. Yeah. Do you feel like a meditative routine when, um, affects your meditation? Like, yes. If you meditate every morning when you wake up, like before you go to bed, or like it's just randomly like time during the day. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be in the morning is better. At night, usually you're tired, so you fall asleep. Jackie is sleeping, meditating? No. It has to be conscious. Because you're not conscious. I know, we were just talking. <coughs> okay. Um, all right, so just to, just to finish up. Um, just to finish up, and then we'll do one, and we'll finish off. What, what is the time? Just out of interest. Nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah, it's my bedtime. Oh, wow, it's right. It's really nine o'clock. Okay, so let's just do it. I'm not going to talk about all the different techniques. Maybe we can do that in the series. Um, bye, honey. <coughs> and this is recording, so we'll have it on a recording if you want to do it another time. I won't do it too. We won't do two two long ones. I know it's late. People are getting tired. So. If you just um, focus on your feet on the ground, feel your feet on the ground, I should say, and feel the chair underneath you, <clears throat> and get comfortable. And if you feel comfortable enough just to close your eyes, if you don't feel comfortable, then just lower your eyes. But it's best to close them because you get more access to your internal uh, when you close your eyes. And just notice, again, Just we're just noticing. So just notice the chair against your back, in the chair under your, under your legs, and your feet on the ground. And just checking in with yourself and noticing how you feel right now. Which parts feel tense, which parts feel more relaxed. No judgment, no right or wrong, just noticing. And taking a deep breath in, and a deep breath out just allowing yourself for the next few minutes just to be in this moment 
and be present as much as you are able and willing. <clears throat> There's no expectation or outcome and just allowing whatever it is to be. And just starting with your attention on the top of your head. Just noticing if there's any tension and allowing your scalp to relax. Moving your attention down to your forehead. Relaxing your forehead. Down your face muscles. With each breath, allowing yourself to relax as it moves down your neck into your shoulders all the way down your arms relaxing now easily effortlessly moving into your chest your back and rib cage finding it easy to drift deeper and deeper into a sense of relaxation ease, moving down to your stomach, choosing to let go easily to your hips, releasing any tension in your legs, your knees, your calves, Moving all the way down into your ankles and your feet and your toes. And just notice as you're sitting here how it feels to be still for a moment and relax. Relaxing easily and effortlessly drifting deeper and deeper into a place that's peaceful and connected. Just experience whatever is happening in your body right now, in your mind. Just notice without judgment. No right or wrong. How are you feeling? What sensations do you notice? Just being aware of any body sensations or thoughts or emotions. And in this place you can actually ask yourself, what am I grateful for today? this week, this month? What am I grateful for? Just see what comes up for you. And it's at this place that we can bring in the idea of Remembering that right here, right now, allowing all sounds around you to help you to drop deeper and deeper into a place of peace and relaxation. 
just to bring in the idea that you notice they're right here right now in your in your very own moment there is God who is in your life right here right now loving you present with you and involved in your life and just notice if you feel anything or what you feel when you acknowledge that and notice that right here right now there is a, a God a divine being that's in your life personally involved who cares and loves you very very much is watching over you is helping you sharing your triumphs crying with you when you have tough times just bringing your attention now to the words Adon Olam Master of the world that there is a divine master father king creator and just focusing quietly in your mind either visually or auditorily, so saying the words quietly in your head, the words Adonalam, like a mantra with each breath, Adonalam. You can either whisper it or you can just be thinking it. And what will happen is your mind will wander at some point. You'll be thinking about how to get home, what are you doing next, what's happening tomorrow, that you're hungry, tired. And when you notice that you're distracted, just gently bring your attention back to the words Adonolam. 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 And at some point you'll be distracted. Without judgment, just noticing, you, oh, I'm distracted. And bring your attention back to those words again. And we'll just sit here and practice that for the next little while. Adonalam. Adonalam.
Just gently bringing your attention back into the room, feeling your feet on the ground, noticing the chair underneath you, taking a deep breath, and counting backwards, three, being aware of the room and my voice, two, feeling everything around you, underneath you, in your own time, one, opening your eyes, coming back into this room. Asleep. <laughs> How was that? Good. Was it good? Any surprises or things interest, interesting experiences or things you noticed that were? I fell asleep. You fell asleep. Yeah. It's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great voice for guided meditation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you do this often? Or? I did, I did it in, in private hospitals and ran groups. Yeah. With that, we really went into hypnosis. It's like, that's a hypnotic, hypnotic. Hypnosis is just the same as a deep meditative state where you access, you, you can access your subconscious. When I say going deeper and deeper. Did you hypnotize people? Yeah. I mean, I, we didn't, but hypnosis is really, I did most of my therapy as a therapist with people in that state because you could access a deeper part of yourself. Mm-hmm. If, you, if I asked you questions in that state, you would get deeper answers in yourself, right? You could feel that? You know? But to, how was it to sit with yourself? Was it uncomfortable? Were you restless? Were you just so tired? If you're tired, you just have to go to sleep because it's not going to... It doesn't work. It's late at night on a Tuesday. probably not the best time to do it. But um, <clears throat> how was the, the focus at the end there, trying to bring it back to the words and then getting distracted? Yeah. It's hard, right? It's hard. That's really, that's really the, like the muscle of meditation. People think it's like this spiritual experience. Like it's really hard. It's, mm-hmm. and, but when you get it, it's like it's, it, it, it becomes a joy in, that, in being focused. Being able to be present with something is, is like liberating. But it's training. It's like a wild animal training mm-hmm. it to come back. And it's that muscle that you're practicing constantly. If you do that every day for five minutes, it'll be radically different. How long was that? Well, we started, uh, it was about 10 minutes, the whole thing. So we went through, the beginning was about progressive muscle relaxation, right? We went, relax the body. Then we did more body awareness, what's going on in your body, just being aware, don't judge it. Then we brought in God and went more transcendental, that there's something above me, beyond me. How do I feel when I notice that? And then we did more actual meditation technique of focusing on a mantra. That was one type of technique. So that was kind of like a little tiny taste of everything, you know. But you could do one whole meditation on each one of those I would do the progressive muscle relaxation at the end of a, a, t- a, t- a twelve-step program, you know, <laughs> and they'd all just fall asleep on the floor. You know. <laughs> you have a recording? It was years ago. Oh. But, but we this could do it. Yeah, this is recorded. Yeah, this is recorded. I think the hardest part is to let go of whatever anxieties you might have at that moment about the day where you're talking exactly. to, or what you need to talk about, or exactly. what text message you need to write or email you need to write, and right. not forget it because you haven't written it down on your to-do list. Just letting, letting it go. go and being in the moment, and yeah. that's liberating. When it's you, so hard, but it'll come with practice. It'll be liberating because right now that's what chains you. It's got you. Yeah, <clears throat> all of us. Like afraid you're gonna forget if you don't. I mean, you could always write things down, and then. Yeah. But. Yeah, you like it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. 
did you what did you, what did you notice? I don't know. I felt like like I had to like actually like get there, mm-hmm. like come back. Great. Where were you? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You were much deeper inside of yourself, centered, connected to your deeper self. Usually, you were probably deep in your subconscious. Do you know if you're hip, hip, easily hypnotized? How was that? How do you know? They had a hypnotist. They had a hypnotist. hypnotist come to like my high school like senior thing. I got kicked off stage. I wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be hypnotized, and so they switched.